Welcome to season three of Lyft. Um, we are continuing with our podcast series of what to expect, dot, dot, dot. Today, we're um, focusing a little bit more on the students, sixth through, six through 12th graders. And essentially, we're going to talk about what to expect when you don't know what to expect. Our guest today is Michael Agnew. Michael, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So my name is Michael. I'm a student ministry director here at St. Andrew. Um I've been the director now for five years, which is Have crazy. You really? Yeah, since 2015. Huh. Just like yesterday. Just like yesterday. So, wow. yeah. So, the seniors who just graduated, um, whenever I started here, I was the, the sixth grade intern. And so, they were in sixth grade whenever I started. So, oh. I, I have now seen like a whole sixth six through twelfth grade uh, wave at So, at can St. I blow Andrew. your mind? Sure. This upcoming senior year? Mm-hmm. was my first third grade Bible class here. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. That's great. I'm not old. It's fine. <laughs> Hashtag. I'm old. Go ahead. So, yeah, so that's me. Uh, I have a, I don't know, a 21-month-old son at home. Adorable son. Theo. Uh, and my wife is pregnant with baby number two due to come on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. I think you did that just to get Christmas Eve on. I know. It is very <laughs> funny the amount of times that I have uh, wanted to... Uh, <laughs> Spend time with family on Christmas Eve and now. Who knows? All, although it is 2020, so we're hoping that with modern medicine, we can schedule this a little earlier. There you go. So we don't have to have that conflict. Uh-huh. So here's the deal, Michael. I have two teenagers at home. Yes, you do. They are 14 and 16, and they're oddly looking forward to the fall of 2020. Yet as a parent, I know, or I don't know, actually, I'm assuming that this fall is not going to go exactly how everybody wants, that we're going to have to be flexible and um, twist and turn and, you know, online school versus in-person school. I have football players. I have friends that are in band. Volleyball starting or is it? So I thought I'd bring you in in a very selfish, selfish way to see um, how we can help prepare our parents' hearts and our hearts for this fall of what to expect when we know nothing. Man, that is, uh, I wish I had the answers. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be a magical podcast? That would if, be fabulous. If I just fabulous. came here and I could solve all of the world's problems. Um, but yeah, I read this article uh, by a pastor named um, Andy Stanley. And he just talked, he had this, he used this phrase, it's called clarity in times of uncertainty. And that's just kind of like been like my motto for the last month or so. Like as much as, as much as, I can or as much as we can, I think being as clear as possible, I think that it's easy for us to try to give easy answers for kids. And I think that if we just but they want like hard truths, like they want to like wrestle with like stuff. So so really, my 14 year old wants a hard truth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I would especially now that whenever this first started, we were like, oh, it'll be two weeks or it'll be uh, a month or, hey, by summer, it'll be finished. And, and now just like the impact that I've seen with a lot of our kids, uh, they don't necessarily trust what we're going to say because yeah. they know that we're just trying to say something easy rather than. Yeah. But. I mean, so, for example, my kids are prepping for football. I've gotten the fourth schedule so far. Yeah. It's changed that many times. Um, we're, but I've said to them, I, I hope you get to play. Like, I truly do, which is weird because in staff chapel, I'd always pray about my kids playing football because it is just God's joke on me that I have two football player boys. 
Um, Luckily, your boys are huge, though. Like, thinking yeah. about my mom wa- watching, like, me at five foot six getting <laughs> smushed by giant men, I'm sure was, like, a different. Well, Dylan might be center, and I hear he that, wow. that he could get. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, but I've said I'm excited for this season. I hope this season happens. But you need to start preparing yourself that you may just play one game. Or we could play the whole season. Or, you know, that that we don't know. Yeah. And um, they don't always like those conversations. But I think it's better for me to throw that out there so they can start preparing because I know even if they don't have a conversation with me about it it's it's a seed that's planted yeah you know in their mind versus uh yeah we're gonna have a strong season and you're gonna be amazing and every game it's gonna be played and because we don't know well yeah I think that the idea of hope is critical that um us having hope but not necessarily like the expectation I like can we have hope without the expectation that it's like 100% going to happen I think is like this in, interesting balance I'll tell you this has been a I don't know a mirror of Christianity and faith for me mm-hmm. I believe and you know my personality I have routines and lists and color code things for joy um I believe I've had the illusion of control of my life mm. because I've had a schedule and a routine you know, and it really is just an illusion of control because none of us know what tomorrow holds, Yeah, you know, yeah. but our kids who are so, I'm going to use the word abstract in their thinking, you know, they're not so much as concrete in their thinking. Yeah. How do we really prepare them for the unknown, the uncertainty? Because that's, that's a hard space for me to lean into and live into. And I'm not 16. Yeah, I think that the I think a big thing that I'm trying to work on is this idea that you don't always have to have like a like a silver lining or it, like I'm just like I, I, I try to be as positive and, and optimistic in life as I can, because I think that happiness is like your perspective, like you can choose to be op- optimistic and happy or you can choose not to. And I think for most of my life, most times that's a good thing. But during COVID, I keep trying to put like a happy twist to it. And all that does is just make like whenever something fails or a milestone changes, it makes it like more depressingly sad. So whenever we can just like be authentic, like, hey, this like it's okay to to be sad. It's okay to like question or lament or like whatever. Um, I think that whenever parents model that for their kids, that well, okay, at like a certain age, if you have like a seven year old and you're like super anxious and, and you're telling your seven year old how anxious you are, might not be the best move. But if you have <laughs> a 16 year old who is like mature enough, I I think to like handle those tougher conversations, um, I think that in the long run, that'll like set, set them up better. Can you talk a little bit about lamenting? Do you have that yeah, in your brain? Because sure. you did yeah. a chapel about it and it's really helped me reframe what what my relationship with God can be like in this time. So yeah, drop some wisdom on lamenting. Yeah. So uh, there is this way smarter theologian uh, guy named named, um, N.T. Wright, and he wrote this article, uh, which is where I got a lot of this from. Uh, But for me, like I hate complaining, kind of going back to my like happiness is perspective thing. And so whenever during COVID, I think of like, oh, I don't want to complain about the situation. But there's a difference from complaining and lamenting because lamenting is um, 
basically like God can handle all of our questions or doubts or emotions or or, or anything. So it is li- lifting up a questioning to God, but it's based in like you trust God that his ways are still good and that he will carry you through this. Whereas complaining is like questioning God's character because you think that there's like he's like uh, a false aspect of his character. Lamenting is like uh, petitioning God to like work on your behalf, to be there for you, to support you, knowing that eventually he will answer your lament or your question. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I was, when I was in my 20s going through some rough stuff and my friend who was a pastor said, you know, you can get mad at God. And it was like this, no, I can't. That's not, but any authentic relationship, like I've been married to Dan 20 years now gotten mad at him a couple times. He's gotten mad at me a couple times because that's just how life happens. And so with God, I loved that chapel because it was a, I don't know, a reminder of the difference between, I mean, you use the word complain. I mean, use the word whine, right? Like you just like whine and moan. And that's not really helpful. But the lamenting can be, you know, and can build your relationship. Well, yeah, whenever we think of like the modern American church, it's all about happiness and victory and Jesus defeated death and you have hope. Uh, But whenever you like read the Bible, especially like the Old Testament, like people spent 40 40 years wandering the desert or 400 years like uh, before Jesus came where they like didn't, God's spirit wasn't active. And so for us, like if I go like going a Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, being sad feels like uh, I'm doing something wrong, but really it's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's a part that's, um, as people, and we're still in this COVID season, you know, somebody's like, it's so hard. And I'm like, well, have you read the old Testament? Or even yeah. last night I was doing a Bible study on Matthew and the end of Matthew is Jesus reminding us to be aware and, you know, the end is near and, yeah. you know, it, it was, it was kind of a hard Bible study to do when I was trying to do one on hope and joy. But it was reminding us that being Christian doesn't mean life is easier. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes it means life is harder because we're choosing to see those in need and we're choosing to, you know, follow Christ. And that's not always easy. Yeah. So from your perspective, what do you see kids struggling with the most? And I say kids. I'm going to youth struggling with the most right now. Yeah, I think that their identity and like their value, because just in culture and while like Jesus says not to do this as humans, we do like we find our value in what we do. And so whenever what you do, whether that's football or band or any extracurricular activity, like whenever what you do gets taken away, you think that you don't have value um, to that. And while like we know in our brains that we should find value in who we are, that like no matter what we do, God loves us the same. We still have that same value, especially for like a student. That's like uh, a very in, that's not a tangible thing that you can like wrap your mind around. Mm-hmm. That's um, I see that so often, you know, value in being a boyfriend or a girlfriend yeah. and then they break up or value. And that's um, my dream, like in my perfect world is children and youth and humans see themselves first and foremost as a child of God, and then the rest comes. I think I've told you this before, but when my kids leave the house, I say two things. I have two rules. One, don't be stupid. 
I think that encompasses many, many things. Two, remember whose you are. Mm -hmm. And that's a reminder to me that they aren't mine, that they are children of God. And hopefully it's a reminder of them that they're a child of God, so they should act accordingly, you know. But it's hard, though, even as, like, I remember when I left the classroom and I was taking off that identity as teacher It was one of the most – I was a teacher before I was a wife. I was a teacher before I was a mom. And walking out of that room and not having that identity follow me anymore was so much more difficult than I think I ever knew it would be. You know, you just swim in that identity. And so so how do we have conversations with our kids about that? Because I'll tell you right now, my conversation with my kids, Michael, save us. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, football may not happen. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. um, and <clears throat> you're a child of God before I'm a football player. Okay, mom. Thanks. You're a pastor. You know, whatever. So how do we have like, I don't know, more authentic conversations about that with our kids? Well, yeah, I, I think that eventually this change of identity is going to come anyway. There's this rapper named Toby no Wiggly, who's like from Houston. So he's like one of my favorite, like, like Christian rappers. And he, I was listening to this interview and he, he played college football, was going to go to the NFL, got this injury, couldn't be this, couldn't be a um, football player. So he had this like two year depression where he's like, I've put my whole life being a football player. What do I do now? Eventually he found God and, and like became a rapper, like whatever. Um, but for, so whether it's right now in high school or once you graduate high school, odds of you doing sports or band or all of these things are going to change anyway. So like, I think that there's like an aspect of this might actually prepare people in, in like the long run of, Hey, uh, you're at, at least have some time to process this, um, what it looks like for like what you do to not define you. I think that, um, I wish I had the magic answer for what parents to do. I think having the, the conversations is key that your kids are thinking it and they're questioning it. And it might be awkward for you to like bring it up, um, but that uh, they're talking about it with their friends. And I think having someone that's a parent or like uh, another adult that has experience and like is wise and can give them kind of like guidance through that. I'll with, tell with you that web of five adults in your especially teenagers lives you know I've preached my whole life like once your kids turn about 13 they're gonna you know rely on their peer group more and they're not gonna come to you and then when it like actually happens in my household it's um alarming or surprising or I don't know whatever but Dan and I have instilled with them five adults that we trust what they're gonna say Um, Some of them work here. Some of them are, you know, lifelong friends, aunts and uncles, you know. But if you're not going to come to me, go to these people, you know, because they don't always come to us. And that's actually what we're preparing for them to do, to leave our nest and not, you know, always come to us, even though it's not always the easiest. So in this fall of unknown what do you think the hardest thing's going to be? Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, I'm asking you to solve all the things. Do you mean just like, I mean, uh, I don't think it's going to get better uh, if if uh, you if you want. I think that, yeah, just as the school year changes, I think that uh, whatever side you are, the election in November is going to get really big. Um, and I think that uh, us 
being, yeah, us with the mindset of like my whole direction is my direction is that for the next year, I'm just like preparing myself to continue having tough conversations. And I think that um, for anybody, I don't know if that answered your question. Hey, it gave me a little hope and a little fear. How's that? Sure. Well, but it, it, it popped into my head. So, you know, masks are a controversial thing, which I, whatever. I, my kid was with his friends and they were having a conversation like this one kid. They have to wear masks to their football practice. OK. Uh-huh. And how dumb it was. And blah, 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 blah. But instead of like getting angry at each other, because some of them thought it was a good idea. Some of them thought it was stupid. Some of them didn't care. They just like listened, and then bottom line is they know they have to do it. Like, it. I don't care what you feel about wearing a mask. If you want to play football, what does the coach say? Wear a mask so you can wear a helmet later, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, just put it on. Um, but they were able to have a conversation that wasn't full of, I don't know, anger about it. It was just a conversation about it. And I just kind of watched that happen thinking – I wish adults could do that. You know, they weren't trying to change their minds. They weren't trying. They were just kind of maybe lamenting. Right. And then moving on, you know, but you're right. I mean, the election's coming up. These kids are attuned to what's happening in the world and the news. Um, Sometimes I get news information from my children versus, you know, news sources because they're just more connected than I am to devices or just media and all that kind of stuff. So I think you're right in having continuous conversations of what have you heard about the election or how, you know, how are things going at school with the mask and, you know, things like that, that, you know, and the other thing is online versus in person can Mm. put people on different sides of the table too. And, like checking in on your friend if they're not at school and they're at home or vice versa, you know, just learning how to live together in unity instead of divisiveness. Yeah, it's yeah, I've been uh, doing a lot of just research and just there's this it's called like youth ministry feed and they do a basically they send out these surveys to all of these different churches and they like uh, do these surveys for these different like youth groups and uh, just this and these surveys, there's like 25 different types from like online learning to Black Lives Matter to all of this different stuff. And it's like some really interesting things. And it's like whenever I think about um, school, my number one thing I hated the most was group projects. And so like that's like always been this joke. But from like this study of like tens of thousands of kids, it's like two thirds of two thirds of these kids would prefer group projects to solo projects. And so like whenever I think of online learning, I'm like, dude, that wouldn't be bad. It's just like watching a YouTube video and I do the work by myself and it's great. Um, But for them, like the social like discussion interaction is like by far the number one thing. And it was like this list of seven things. And the bottom two were the class required readings and the like teacher lectures and how for online learning or just for any learning now, like even if you go in person, it's not like you can huddle up and do things all all like together. Um, I think that FaceTime and Zoom and and things like that uh, will help a a lot for sure. Um, But yeah, I think the more that we can, yeah, kind of create digital ways for kids to work together, the better. Yeah. So do you think I don't know. I'm seeing in my house like the Zoom fatigue. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And so I'm trying to help um, create a positive attitude about um, because our school district starting online first and then going to in person Mm -hmm. if we if you so choose to do face to face. Um, And so no matter what you chose, you're starting the school year online, you know, and setting parameters about it. And I don't know, my children, it's my hope. We'll see how this plays out that we are going to, they're going to log on. They're going to be in school clothes because like April and May, eh, it was all new. Yeah. There was a lot of pajama wearing, you know, actually there wasn't a lot of pajama wearing in my house. So I had to establish a rule that pants are required. Um, but you know, from my school district, dress code's going to be required, so you can't log on to Zoom in your pajamas. Yeah. Um, like that kind of – to just kind of help – because I do think it's important for kids to have an end and a beginning, you know? And so to allow them to start – like, I mean, my youngest is going to high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't have to cry on the first day of school now because that's what I do because um, he'll be in my kitchen. But, you know. It'll come. But establishing those routines and finding ways that you can work together for what's next and what's new. But yeah, I think, yeah, this is like, uh, yeah, part of yeah this unknown equation is that I think starting a school year is so much different yeah, than ending like a school year. Right. And like what and so just the importance of like getting into that rhythm and like establishing good disciplines, like whether it's working out or like, or like any type of like discipline, you have to start off kind of like with this rhythm to gain speed and like keep it going. Well, and that's, I was telling my kiddos, you don't know your teachers this year Mm -hmm. where you ended the school year online. You already had established a relationship, you know, even though hopefully um, I have faith that we're going to be face to face um, sooner than later. um, But that, you you want to establish that relationship even on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. you know, better yeah, yeah. than not. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think that's something that we are trying to work on just like with like the youth ministry. It's like Zoom calls that are 20 to 30 people way too big and then people like zone out. But if there's a way yeah, where we can condense it to like four people, mm-hmm. then those work out really good. Like I'll do some like group FaceTime calls and those work out so much better than the Zoom calls, even if it's 10 to 12 people. Like normally for like in-person small groups, we say, cool, like 10 people is good. Uh, but if we can create ways where it's like, because pe- students crave interaction and being and, and community, but it's like condensing down the amount of people in like online interaction is like. All right. It's come towards the end of our podcast where I ask the hardest question. Yeah. So you have to pick a parent or a student first. Mm-hmm. So which age group do you want to talk to? And what's one thing you want to tell them about this topic, which is really a non-topic, right? The topic is how to deal with what you don't know. So parent or student? Um, sure, parent. All right. What do you want to tell them? Uh, I want to say that... Oh, sorry. I didn't understand like what. See, it is. It's hard. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mess everybody up with this Boy, question. See, I thought that you were going to like throw a topic to me. Yeah. But you, you just want me to like tell any parent anything, anything. on uh, this topic. But you can only say one thing like over everything. What do you want them to know? Yeah. 
Um, I think that persistence is key in that if your kid is zoned out, it's I think in, in, in normal life we think, oh, they're just being a moody teenager. I don't want to like intrude on their bubble. But because students don't have the same community that they normally do, being persistent and like even if they blow you off one day, if you don't like helicopter and just like invade and do. But if you every single day do try to see how they're doing, eventually they will open up. Yeah. Um, and and I think that don't get discouraged because uh, even it, with me, like normally if I text a kid, they're very happy and they respond back and now they don't on my first text. But if I text them a couple times, then we have like good conversations. Right. Um, and that's because like they don't have anyone else to really have those conversations with right now. No, I think that's true. And for me, you got to hit the mood right, you know. Yeah. And so I'm staying up later for some reason. Once the sun goes down, my children feel the need to talk more. Ooh. I don't know what it is. Okay. But. I mean, it's those kinds of things of just paying attention, seeing them for who they are and where they're at. Um, we have a Sonic by our house. So that walk, it's not very far, you know, so that walk at dusk where you're not eye to eye, they seem to open up more yeah, yeah, in yeah. my, you know, um, or in a car where they're trapped, <laughs> you know, but just paying attention. That's that's a good word for us to hear as parents. Thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget to go and like our Facebook page. It has tons of information about our guest, articles, and just um, it's a great way to connect, especially in this time of social distancing. Like always, if this podcast has brought up anything or you need somebody to talk through life with, I am here to do that with y'all. You can um, shoot me an email and we can figure out a time to meet on a patio or over the phone. 